the New York media has gotten soft, including you, Paul. I don't need any kind of crap from you. Take a lap defense. Take a lap special teams. Who cares? No. It doesn't matter. It sure does. It doesn't. Paul, do you know what drip is? Do we have to explain? Hold on, Jake. What do you mean add a play? What is this, like buying a vowel? Removing goalposts? How stupid is that? No drunkenness. He answered the question fine. We move on. I came here to hear Paul Schwartz and strip club. The kicker. You hear how he says the kicker. Like he's a subset from the team. Do I send you journalism lessons on Twitter? We got a lot of angry people on this podcast. Yeah. With the fifth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York football giant select, Kayvon Thibodeau. You ready to be a New York giant? Come on, man. I knew it. I was waiting on it. I've been waiting. I manifested. I prayed for it. It's time. The New York Giants select Evan Neal. Tackle. You ready to be a New York Giant? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Ready to get to work. You know, worked out great. You know, we're happy with both the players that we were able to procure tonight. Well, hey, welcome back to the Blue Rush podcast, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. We're so glad you're here today. That montage you just heard was courtesy of ESPN. We've got a huge, huge show for you. I'm Andrew Hart's tag teaming with my podcast, Cupanero Jake Brown. He'll be on a little bit later. Don't worry. You'll you'll still hear from the pod father. But we have so much to talk about just because we have an entire NFL draft go by and we have to talk about it. The New York Giants made two huge selections with Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, as well as our guest later on in the show, Juan Dale Robinson. And to break all that down, we bring in the New York Giants beat writer from the New York Post. It's the one and only Paul Schwartz. and his partner in crime on the podcast here, the two-time Super Bowl winning champion kicker for the New York Giants, the great Lawrence Tynes. And fellas, we got to get right into it now because there's so much to talk about. What are your thoughts on the Giants draft? Well, Paul, there's a lot of picks. 11, that's a football team. And I believe we selected nine different positions, which is really cool and almost hard to do in the draft. But without the first rounders, Who's your favorite pick? The most intriguing is Wandale Robinson, who'll be our guest because he's five foot eight and we all love little scat back receivers. But okay, I'll go because I saw him and he has such an interesting backstory. Josh Izudu, Izudu, the guard from North Carolina, because this guy has courage. He is a, I don't know if you heard, he, he did a conference call with us and then we um, he was at the facility. He's got a severe stutter. Okay, a severe stutter. And I read some stories on him that his first two or three years in college, he did not do any interviews. You know, he was afraid, embarrassed, ashamed, didn't know how it would go. He started doing them. Um, You know, he's got a stutter. You know, he does. And he's taking it, looking right at it. He's 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 head on. You got to be patient with him. He's not backing down. And I think that's terrific. He wants to be a role model. We're going to get him in the locker room. We're going to talk to him and uh, we'll try to go easy on him. We'll be patient with him. And uh, it's hard not to pull for a guy like that after hearing that story. Very. Yes, it it is very hard. And, And, you know, I played with Brandon Jacobs and, you know, he had a stutter. Not maybe not. I don't know Josh's uh, full story. I haven't heard him speak at all. But Brandon battled through it. The media, like a um, stammer, he had like a little stammer. Yeah, it, it was considered yeah. a stutter. And you know, I, I appreciate what Brandon did because he fought through it too, and obviously became someone you guys would always go to for quotes because everyone loves Brandon Jacob quotes. So good for him and his family. I have not heard him, but I look forward to reading it. Daniel who's your Bell- favorite? Yeah, who's Daniel your favorite Bellinger. Guy? I think this is going to kind of be our our guy. Sure, the first round picks are easy to kind of say, okay, these are the guys. 
That tight end is intriguing to me. Did not have the best quarterback, you know, out at San Diego State, but, you know, he runs well and he's a big man, 6'4, 250. And I believe he's going to be someone that will make an impact here his rookie season because he almost has to be tight end number one right now. I don't well, know. well, go easy with that. I mean, you know, I mean, he's, he's, well, they, we they don't do have, have anyone else. I mean, we have, who do we have? The Seal Jones guy or what? Yeah. I mean, they, they have, they have an Atkins, uh, Aikens, you know, they have guys who have been in the NFL. The one thing I would agree is that I don't go by tight end stats in college. I really don't. You know, I mean, some, you know, they throw the ball to him. Like, look at the, the Rucker kid from Ohio State. I think he's going to be a pass catcher in the NFL. He couldn't get the ball at Ohio State. They got, First round draft picks everywhere you look, you know what I mean. So you know you got to wait in line. So um, I get right. I mean, I mean the quarterback play, the, the offensive line play, the scheme. He was interesting. I kind of thought they might go for a tight end earlier in the draft. I mean, they had their pick of all of them. Yeah, McBride was gone. Maybe no, they could have taken him in the take in the second round. They could have taken him if they wanted. Now, now before we get to the first round picks, the Giants are sitting there at thirty six, and Joe Shane the day before said. Look, I love that second pick, you know, that second round pick, because we got all night to sit on it. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of picks ahead of us. And that's like almost like another first round pick because, you know, you get to plan the whole night and see who this guy's going to be. Right. So they did that. And then bang, they trade down. Bang. Then they trade out again. And Joe Shane said this was the plan always to get more picks. Clearly, they did not have a ton of guys with first round grades that they said, look, the guy we get at 43 will be almost the same as the guy we get at 36. That's fine. First of all, did you like that? And second of all, did you like that after all that wheeling and dealing, they picked a five foot eight receiver? You know, I think Tyreek Hill set that set this in motion for some of these uh, receivers. They're not all six four Plaxico Burris, six six types anymore. The way these kids are training from a young age to college football, his highlight package is pretty I don't know what his 40 time is, but he you know, I think uh, our cornerback we selected from LSU mentioned that he's the toughest guy to cover in the SEC. And so here we have a draft pick of ours in the third round that mentions this kid as the toughest guy to cover in the SEC. That's saying a lot. There's a lot of good players in the SEC. Now, Flott probably covered the slot a lot, so that's where he saw Robinson. But I think there's a place for receivers that are 5'8 and 5'9 now in the NFL. Oh, and by the way, who was in Kansas City all those many of these years with Tyreek Hill, helping coach him? Mike Kafka. Yes, who was the Giants offensive coordinator. Brian Dayball, John, Brian Dayball mentioned, he said, you know, when I was in um, uh, the Patriots, we had a guy named Dion Branch who was the um, Super Bowl MVP. Not a big guy. It's interesting. Now, look, uh, the one thing about uh, Wandale is, you know, he started out, he was he scored like 118 touchdowns in Kentucky high school ball. Went to Nebraska. Now, Nebraska was not a good team in the Big Ten. They kind of scuffled on offense a little bit. He ran the ball like 130 times as a running back his first two years. I don't think he loved that. So he goes to Kentucky. They have that crazy spread offense, and he catches over 100 passes, which which got him drafted so high. Now, do you see any duplication here with Kadarius Tony and your antenna up now that maybe something's up with hmm. Kadarius Tony? No, I think they're a little bit. I, I think Kadarius can go out wide and, and, and compete as a two. You know, if Galladay is the one, uh, you put this kid inside with Sterling. I think they're set. I, I don't see any duplication, if you will, in terms of – I don't. Th- I think they're different players. I think they may – you may see Robinson in the return game. I don't know if he return kicks at all. You want to keep Kadarius Toney away from contact based on his first year. <laughs> I know that's impossible to do in the NFL, but I think if you limit his touches in the return game – and give him the Robinson, who's a little bit 
more his thing. I think he has done some kick returning. I think it's a good pick. I I, I like the pick. I mean, you mentioned Beasley, these slot guys. That's who that that's what they look like. And so he kind of fits the mold of what it's a, slot- a scheme, right? This is giving you insight into what Brian Dable wants to do, right? He's if he said, look, I need a tight end. I need a way up high. Uh, he doesn't need a t- tight end way up high. I think he can manufacture a tight end in his system. The tight end we drafted fits the bill scheme, right? Knox, I think his name was up in Buffalo. Not a not a burner, but this kid's fast. This Bellinger kid is pretty fast. So a lot of things are you're starting to see. This is what this offense can look like. And then if we can get the old quarterback to play a little bit like Josh Allen, we'll be good. I will say Tyreek Hill, his 40 was 4.29. Wandale's was 4.44. So obviously, you know, they've got a guy who can be a little bit of a speed burner. And we also heard about how him and Kadarius could also kind of play off each other, kind of still similar game and whatnot. So it's kind of interesting to see how they use both of them in the same package. And Wandale, I mean, I, I asked him in a conference call, I asked him when he was at the Giants facility on Saturday. And he doesn't, when you start saying Tyreek Hill or what do you think? He does. He says, I'm my own guy. I, you know, I take from a lot of different guys. He takes from some bigger receivers. He kind of likes Percy Harvin comp a little bit, but he is, he, you can tell he's one of those guys that is like, don't call me Tyreek Hill. Don't call me this guy. I'm myself. And, and that's good because Tyreek Hill's Tyreek Hill. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, no, he's, one of, he's, he's one, one of one. He's one of one. He's one of one. Now, look, we can't bury the lead here with these two first round picks. Did anything about it surprise you? I mean, I, Look, Evan Neal was chalk. I picked him to go at five, but I certainly wrote during the week, look, if they if they want to get a defensive player and there's two of their offensive linemen sitting there and the Panthers can only take one, they could certainly go offensive line at seven. First of all, at five, did the name Kayvon Thibodeau surprise you in any way, shape, or form? Yeah, it did. I, I just never – I didn't think he was going to be there. I thought there was a lot of smoke and – and talk uh, prior to the draft. This kid was the number one player in the country coming out of high school. He's obviously one of the top recruits. So was Evan Neal. I think both those guys were number one in their position. I think Kayvon was the number one recruit in that class. So these kids have been great since they were 15 years old. And so to get both of them was unreal. It couldn't have went any better for the Giants uh, to get two basically day one starters in this. And they had to. Listen, let's be real. They had to. With all the poor drafting that's happened with this franchise over the last five, six years, they had to get two home run guys. And listen, time will tell, but I'm very, very optimistic about these two guys plug and play, barring any injuries, that they're going to be starting week one this football season. Right. Look, look, when you get five and seven, this was the only good thing Joe Shane inherited from the previous regime. He got a bad roster. They had to change the coaching staff. They had a terrible salary cap situation. He had great draft capital. So look, we have not studied the draft like all their, you know, their experts did, but all three of us at five and seven could have picked these players. You know, they were chalk picks and that's not a knock on Shane. I'm just saying when you have five and seven, you don't draft two projects. You don't draft guys down the road. You draft two guys who are going to start. Now let's go one-on-one with these guys, one by one. Thibodeau, he didn't have great production. He bought 19 sacks in three years at Oregon. You know, he played last year on a bad ankle. I get that. As a personality, you know, you played with Michael Strahan. You played with some guys with big personalities. Did you have any trepidation of any of that? I mean, he is a big package. Um, does any of this raise any red flags with you? Uh, no, not yet. You know, there's still time. But right now, no. I mean, I you should aspire for, for things off the field. I mean, I know people look at us and see us on Sunday and they think you're just a football player, but obviously he has a relationship with Phil Knight. 
dating back to Oregon's uh, his time there. And so he's probably learned a little bit about building businesses and probably had some dinners and conversations, the NIL deals that they all have now. So you are a businessman. And and I appreciate what uh, Joe Shane said. You know, I guess some people asked him about, you know, this personality. And, and the reality of it is the athletes have changed from when I played, from when Michael played. These guys are smart. They're business savvy. They are very social media, you know, users. They use a lot of it. But that is the athlete today. So you have to adapt and adjust. And I love that Joe Shane was not scared by any of that. I think he's going to be a really good pro. I really do. I, you know, some guys are better pros than they are in college. And I think Kayvon is probably going to be one of those guys. You know, there wasn't a lot of marquee players selected from that defense. If you look at that defense from this year. So he wasn't playing with a ton of talent over there in Oregon. So yeah, no reservations at all. I think he's, he was the right pick obviously. And I think he'll do big things in New York. And it, and I'm glad he has that personality for a lot of reasons, because I don't think the media is going to scare him, you know, I, I, because, you know, so, sometimes the media can there and it chews you up and spits you out, but I don't think it will do that to him. Aziz Ojolari is what, 21, 22. Um, look, the Giants have been, you know, ever since you played, they've been looking for this, right? You know, JPP was the last guy they drafted that was a stud who could get the quarterback. You know, he was the last of that generation. You know, Strahan, O.C., Tuck, JPP, and then it flatlined. And they tried, and it just didn't work. So, look, you can't you can't get an edge rusher in the third round and, and hope. It works sometimes, but you got to get these guys at the top of the draft, and sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't. With Ojolari and now Thibodeau, he hasn't played a snap yet, but you have the makings of something, right? Young. It would be interesting to see if Aziz, where he's at now after one year in the pro, he, he probably would have been. A, did you? He I did bigger. see a picture. Yeah, he, yeah. he he did look big, but I but I'm I'm assuming he would have been a, like a top ten pick. Just say he came out this year from that Georgia defense that got all that recognition. I believe they had nine kids from that defense get drafted, so hence why they won. But. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting combo. And Aziz will make a huge jump. Most guys do from year one to year two. And so, you know, I think they're going to be playing with it. And, and this new uh, scheme with Wink Martindale, I mean, it just going to inject some confidence into these guys. They're going to be on the attack. You know, they're coming from a defense that was, do not throw it over the top of our head. And maybe our pass rush will get there. They're going to start dictating the terms now with Wink Martindale. And will they give up big plays? They will. But – they're going to put pressure on these offenses, and I can't can't wait to watch it. Now, I think that that they had Iquanu, Iki Iquanu from North Carolina State. I think it was one two Iquanu and Neal, a fraction. Like I think if they were both on the board, I think they probably would have gone to Iquanu. But by Joe Shane not taking them at five, he basically said, "Whoever the Panthers take, we'll take the other guy. We'll be fine with that." This is as close to a not a chalk pick, but this is close to a non-risk pick the Giants have ever made, right? A, a big, healthy... Well, and, and where he came from, where he came from yeah, Alabama, yeah. I mean, he's seen it all. Nothing's going to make him starstruck or anything like that. He's faced guys his whole career, dating back to these rivals camps that they have in ninth grade. I mean, he's been going against Kayvon since they were in, in 10th or 11th grade, I heard. So you're getting a plug-and-play starter, uh, barring any injuries, things like that. Same with Kayvon. So it couldn't have worked out any better for the Giants. They... uh Giants Nation should be happy and excited. We needed this, but yeah, lots of work to do. But I can't wait to watch them. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the fan base is just as excited as I am. This is the largest draft class since I think 2003, where they also had 11. Now that draft started with William Joseph, the defensive lineman, who was a bust. But 
They've had three of your former teammates in that draft in 2003, a man named Osiu Minyura in the second round, a man named David Deal in the fourth round, and some guy named Tyreek or Tyree, David Tyree, who I think did something in a big game at one point. Spectacular. Which I think helped the Giants, right? It's something with Tyree. Absolutely helped the Giants. Yeah, that's so that's a so that's yeah. I mean, if they can hit on you know out of eleven picks, if you can hit on six of these guys, I mean, seven of these guys, I think the top five rounds guys have to make the football team in order for this team to take the next step. But like I said at the beginning, nine different positions, so they they recognize this roster was bad. And so they're trying to fix it. As a Giants fan, I'm personally quite thrilled with everything that they did. I feel like they filled a lot of holes. You got a lot of nice new toys to play with next year. But we got to quickly touch on a couple other housekeeping things here. So a couple guys that we we thought may have been moved and didn't get moved and they're still here. Saquon Barkley comes to mind, as does James Bradbury. James Bradbury, we also kind of heard that there may be a contingency plan going on. So, Paul, do you have any update on either of those guys' situations? Well, uh, with Bradbury, look, uh, uh, Joe Shane has mentioned the contingency plan. Look, one of the plans is to cut him, which they don't want to do. He's a really good player, and you don't want to cut him. If they cut him, they gain about $10 million in salary cap, which is considerable. It um, creates a lot of dead money, which is not good. They don't want to do that. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, they're not in the business of cutting good, healthy, team-first guys. You know, there's no warts on this guy. He's not old, but they can't afford him. So, so uh, Joe Shane said he has started talking to his agents, to Bradbury's agents, I mean, the only other option is is to extend his contract and reduce that cap hit, which it doesn't sound like they want to do. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to do. You know, he's a good player and he's a good guy. He's not going to embarrass you anywhere off the field. So, you know, it just depends on how much they want to have, what appetite that they have to, you know, what will be better next year, but it could hurt us down the road versus, look, we don't really care that much about next year. It's a rebuilding process. We got to bite the bullet. So, So I still don't think he'll be on the team, but I think that Lisa's a pathway. Look, you guys, both you, Lawrence and Andrew, have been on this Saquon thing. He's going to be on the team. They didn't draft a running back. He's seven million dollars is not ridiculous for a running back. They will play it out. They've said all along we want to give Daniel Jones the most weapons uh, and 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 the most support we can. They've done a lot for the offensive line. They just gave him a little a little shifty receiver. They're keeping Saquon. It's just the way it is. They're keeping Saquon. That that that's that. And, and listen, I've I've been the most outspoken and critical of Saquon, and I really do think that this year he's healthy. So he's had a full off season of getting his body back, getting his mind right. I did see some of the interviews when he came back in the building. There's a different mindset there, and that's what Saquon needs to get back to. He needs to get back to what got him to the NFL. And I think he, some of the players, even in that team, lost some of that playing for bad teams, playing for coaches they didn't like playing for regimes that were almost like overbearing. You weren't allowed to be yourself, right? Uh, Xavier McKinney told us it seemed a little bit more like we can be ourselves. And so I think Saquon can be that guy again. He's always been a great leader. And hopefully he can get back to that form he had in his first couple of years before the injury because he is an unbelievable player. And now with this offensive line somewhat fixed on paper, there's a lot of people that should be excited about lining up week one. 2022 new coach new offensive scheme yes i think everything will be in place for saquon to have a big year and if he can't have a big year then he won't be on the giants in 2023 can i uh, real quick on bradbury i i would hate to lose him just as a player in this locker room i just those are those are players you have to have 
in your locker room that are trustworthy. They play hard. They're available every Sunday. Veterans, good and and good football players. I hope they find a way to to, to somehow make it work because I think you have to have them. Look, we t- you talked about Wink Martindale and what he wants to do. You can pressure like crazy. If you can't cover with cornerbacks, you're going to give up too many big plays. So uh, without Bradbury, there's no one to fill that hole. There's literally no one to fill that hole right now. Nobody. Well, it'll be interesting to see what goes on. Lord knows we got plenty of time. I mean, Paul will be busy, I'm sure, on the beat with different things happening, whatnot, and Giants making different moves because, you know, they're still in salary cap hell. But you know what? We'll slowly but surely get there. Anyway, we're going to move on now. Wandell Robinson is going to join us. It's coming up next. Bonding in, in December? Bonding for what? The off-season picnic? All right. Joining us now on Blue Rush is the Giants' 43rd pick in the second round of the NFL draft. He set single-season school records at Kentucky in receptions and receiving yards in 2021, played two seasons prior at Nebraska as a receiver and running back. The Giants are lucky to add this kind of playmaker to the offense. So let's give a warm welcome to Juan Dale Robinson. Mr. Robinson is in the building. Jake Brown. And Paul Schwartz here. How are you, man? Welcome to New York. I'm good. I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're good. Now, I learned that you came to New York a couple of weeks ago for the first time in your life. Um, you're back in Kentucky now. Are you pumped to kind of explore the Big Apple a little bit for the first time? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, whenever I get settled in and we got some free time, I'll definitely just want to walk around and just see everything. Whenever I was up there for a little bit, I got to walk a little bit, but not too much. I was just kind of walking around doing media stuff. So it'll be good to just really just be there finally and just, you know, just be settled. What has this 24 hours been like? What is the over under in your sleep the last two or three days is it over under five six hours i would say over just because for some reason on the plane that's the only time i can't sleep so i will give it that and then i'll sleep a couple hours at night so i'll give it the over right now but at nighttime that's definitely not an over i'll give yeah. it that it is um <laughs> uh, you had what over 100 you you had a, a pre-draft prod party at the marriott right in lexington mm-hmm. 100 people 200 people i saw some pictures look like a lot of people yeah, well, I don't know the exact number, but I think it was like around like 150, something like that. So there was quite a few. Right? I read something about there were a lot of boxes of mushroom pizza. Is that can, can I report that accurately? So, so that's not like <laughs> mushroom. Like so mellow mushroom is the place. That's ah, what it's called. Okay. That's not the actual pizza. No. OK, because if there <laughs> no. were 12 boxes of mushroom pizza, uh, I might have called the Giants and say, this is a bad pick because this guy no. doesn't know what uh-huh. to put on pizza. Okay. No, 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 no. Good. Now, what was it like? You know, you don't know if you're going in the second round. You don't know if you're going in the third round. The Giants have the 36th pick. Maybe you had an inkling there. Then they trade back. Is it nervous? Is it anxiety? Is it excitement? Is it all of those? What, what is going through your head as this process is going on Friday night? I mean, I'm just kind of just sitting there waiting. I'm not really trying to get caught up too much in what's happening and who's getting picked. I'm just kind of watching it. Trying to stay calm. I know at the end of the day, I'm going to end up where I'm supposed to be and just stay patient. And my phone started ringing and I looked down and saw New York Giants and I was excited. And I was like, I kind of had a feeling that it was going to be these guys. So I was excited. So, well, show us the gear right now. We can't see you. Show us the shirt, the hat you got going right now. He's got it. Got the hat on. Just got the regular, just a little Nike, Nike Giants. I'll, I'll get some more stuff. You know, I got a little bit right now. So, I'll be swagged out here in a little bit. You go Kentucky blue to big blue. Your numbers were just stupid last year. 104, 13, 34, seven touchdowns. Do you look back at that season and be like, God damn, I was good. Yeah. And then there's times I watch and I'm like, I could have had a lot more plays. 
So I look at it in both ways. Um, and I feel like there's ways that I could have had, I could have ended up with like 15 touchdowns instead of seven. So there's times that I wish that I had those plays back. But at the end of the day, I just got to keep going and know that I'm going to have those opportunities. I just got to make them count in the league. So You had 118 touchdowns in high school. Is that correct? What did you play, seven years of high school? I mean, that's that's a lot of touchdowns. So let's I, I had <laughs> the, not including – so I had <clears throat> my junior and senior year, I started throwing the ball a little bit, so I had some passing touchdowns. Um, if we're not including those, so I had, I believe, like eight my freshman year, 34 my sophomore year, 43 my junior year, and 45 my senior year. So 45 touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I was, it was pretty, it was fun. (laughs) Now now you went to Nebraska, right? You decided Mm -hmm. to go to the Big Ten. Uh, You carried the ball a lot there as a running back. Didn't Mm -hmm. win a lot of games at Nebraska, right? What what, what was it like there being away from home? And then what was the key to your decision to come home and play in Kentucky? Um, For me, I mean, I love Nebraska. At the end of the day, I love the people out there. Just in football ways, there was just times that I felt like I could have just been used in a different way and been used, utilized more. Um, as a receiver and not just as a running back and so out there it was just it was just different I got that experience of doing all the running back things running inside zone running outside zone um, even had to pick up protections in the backfield I know all that and then during the transition going home it was just more so of I needed to get close to my mom she had gotten sick around that COVID time and then still trying to find the best fit for me to allow me to get to the league and coach Cohen coming from the Rams to just kind of merge perfect being 20 minutes away from home and getting that NFL pro scheme so when you were five years old your parents found a birth certificate of a six-year-old neighbor or friend to get you to play tackle football because five-year-olds are not allowed to play tackle football. Yeah. <laughs> you can That's fess true. up to that now, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad will tell you, like, every – even at practice, they – I mean, they eventually came to figure out, but the, like, the actual league, they did not know that was my name. So, yeah, I had to. Had to do it. And that that's an example when it's good not to be too big, right? Yeah, yeah I just look just like them, smaller than them, really. But that's how I've been my whole life, so it's nothing new to me. Was one of the moments you realized this could be something was when you signed the referees football when you were eight years old playing Pee Wee? I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Like whenever I started playing, this was the thing that I wanted to do. Like it was ingrained in me. It was like that's what I wanted to do. And and then over time, I just got better and better and. Even like being at those little things where like the referee had asked me, like, so after every game, they would have like an award of an MVP of the game. And so I was constantly getting that. So at that point, I always felt like, all right, I'm good. But then that was like a surreal moment whenever a referee asked for my autograph at that age. And I was just like, these are what that's what they do in NFL. And so at that point, it just made me just want to do it even more. And this is kind of still surreal that I've accomplished the accomplished goal of even getting to the NFL. So I know your father was a big part of your life, but he wasn't always there in your life physically. Uh, can you talk yes, about sir. that? There was an incarceration, obviously. And um, just as far as I know he pushed you football wise, but he wasn't there for a lot. And now he's there. That's it. Maybe a lot of people can relate to that. I mean, talk yeah. about that journey a little bit. Yeah. I mean, for me, whenever I mean, he's the one that started me playing. So at five years old and five to six, that was really the only time that we had together at that young age. And he was gone from six to 14 years old. And so I didn't have him until I started whenever I was in high school. And I mean, it just kind of, so I kind of had to grow up a little bit faster just with him being away and not being able to see him but we were always on the phone and things like that but obviously I'm starting to realize things a lot earlier than some kids and just figuring out the things that like my dad went through and just the situation that he was in so it just allowed me to just grow up and not know that know the things that you don't have to do and then for whenever he got out he completely changed and he's just stayed on me ever since then and he's been the same way so just seeing him do the things that he does it just I mean it lets me know like 
even if you do go down the wrong path and make a mistake or anything like that, you can always get out of it, but I don't plan on making any mistakes like that. So <laughs> well, what was it like for both of your parents when you fulfill this dream that you had mm-hmm. when you were five years old? That must've been very emotional. Yeah. I mean, they're just crying and just, it didn't seem real. And mom's talking, she's just bringing up all the memories of whenever I was a little kid, just whenever I started playing and stuff like that. So just crazy, especially so I can really take care of her now. And that's, that's really the big thing. So he sounds like one of your inspirations. What was one of your football inspirations? I know you loved watching Percy Harvin, but was there a player you're like, I need to be this guy. So Percy Harvin, Tavon Austin, DeAnthony Thomas, those were like my big, those were like my big ones right there. I just loved being like, loved the guys that did everything. So that's just kind of how I'd always been whenever I was growing up. And as I got older, I started catching the ball and running the ball at the same, like doing both during games. So I just wanted to be like the guys that did that. So that, those were really the guys. Now you had a Zoom meeting a few days before the draft. Did they kind of tell you, look, this is, we like you and this is how we see you fitting into our offense. I mean, you're not their player yet but it seemed like they had big plans for you. You know, what was that conversation like? And it kind of get your head going, Hey, you know, maybe I'm covering New York and I can be in this offense. I mean, they, they just gave me the rundown with coach Dable. And so he, they were like, you know, he, he likes his, his little guys too. I mean, he knows that he knows how to utilize those guys. And at the end of the day, they just felt like that was a versatile piece that could be added into the offense and just help us win, win ball games. So. I saw you up close, right? I saw you there the other day at the facility and you said, little guys, you said it, not me. You know, I'm the one who asked you at your press conference about, you know, when is the first time, you know, you heard you're too small or now I've seen you, you're not tall, but I wouldn't yeah. say small. You, you benched what 19 reps, uh, 225 at the bench on your pro day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's, I mean, among wide receivers, that's pretty good. I would think, right. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. 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 So, so not tall, but not small. So is that the way you would describe yourself? I mean, clearly you're not tall, but you're yeah. not a small little guy either. Are you? Yeah, no, I mean, that's one thing that I, that I've always had is just, I've always kind of been built, um, just a little thick and built like a running back. So right. just having that history. And so always just, really just being tough to bring down, especially me being smaller and having that mass, it just allows me to break a lot of tackles and make, make people miss some. Have you spoke with any of uh, the fellow receivers yet? You'll be playing with Slayton, Galladay, Tony, or anyone? Um, well, me and Slayton, we talked on Twitter. And then I, Daniel, um, texted me the other day whenever I landed in New York. So, but so I've just been a, been a whirlwind. You know, you're a young guy, you know, you're having a, uh, a draft party in Lexington and the next thing you know, your teammates with a guy like Saquon Barkley, right? Who I'm sure you've watched on TV a bunch of times. That's uh, cool, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, I remember I was, I was talking to my teammates. I'm like, I'm on a team with Saquon. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, it's like all those dudes, though. It's, it's crazy. Like Sterling Shepard watching him in Oklahoma. And it's just, it's just crazy. So now when you were, you know, were introduced and you put up that jersey, right? They give you a jersey. It said Robinson number 17, right? You were very proud. You, you held it up and said, subject to change. Now you can't wear number one. I guess you were told that, right? You can't yeah, wear number know. one. That's yeah. retired, right? I mean, uh, what is your wish list number here? What number do you want? Uh, we'll see what opens up. I mean, right now I, I like singles. I like single digit numbers, but we'll see what opens up whenever the time comes for the final, the final roster and see what numbers available. This is a big year for Daniel Jones. And we're trying to, you know, Giants fans want to know if he's the guy and you're going to play a factor in that this year. Have you watched any of his game film and, and what do you think of uh, your quarterback here this year? I haven't like just sat down and just like really watched and saw everything to how you would watch your quarterback. Just I've watched it as a fan, just like everybody else. And 
but I mean, at the, from what I've seen, I mean, he's athletic. I, mean, I think he's going to be able to make all the throws. I mean, there's a reason he was picked number six overall. Just that's that wasn't by any just by luck or anything. So I definitely think he still has the talent, and I think we're going to be able to do great things. So and and what's your uh, familiarity with Kadarius Tony? Because you know he's a guy who you know has a lot of similar traits to you. He's really young. Is it duplication, or do you look at it and say you put me on one side, put Kadarius on the other side, and you know choose your poison kind of thing? I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to be my own person. I don't want I don't want people to think that we're the same person. I mean, I think definitely just me coming in, I'm going to want to learn things from him just because he's already been through it. But I'm also just going to want to be myself and just go out there and make plays. Have people told you about New York? You know, it's the lights are bigger here. Everything's bigger and grander. Are you ready for that transition from this Kentucky, you know, small town life to the big city in New York? Because, you know, the Giants fans are hungry right now. This is a a historic franchise. They've won four Super Bowls, but there's been a lot of losing lately and the fans are ready to right the ship. Uh, Are you ready for the big city? I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I've kind of been groomed for it. I'm not really going to get in the way and I'll be out the way and stay, stay in my lane and won't do too much. And at the end of the day, I'm there to play football and everything else will come along and take care of itself. But my main job is there is to help us win football games. So. Wanda, last one from me. Um, you got a rookie mini camp coming up in a couple of weeks, right? So what do you do between now and then? Do you have the playbook? Do you start studying? Do you relax? Do you work out even harder? I mean, you're a pro now. You know, yeah. what is what is that next couple of weeks going to be like before you hit the field for the first time? Diving right into that playbook. Um, just got just got our playbooks. And so diving right into that, staying working out and making sure I'm staying in shape for whenever we can minute camp comes up all right well wandale you know you got julon in the city you got bleaker street pizza prince street pizza you want your pizza don't get the dollar slices whatever you do that's meant for when you're hammered at 2 or 3 a.m but if you're sober do not get a dollar slice if you like some jewish food matzo ball soup you go to ben's kosher deli in manhattan that's a, a great soup for you broadway shows highly recommend seeing those city field the top baseball stadium in Queens. Go see the Mets. Y'all got to send me everything. I'll DM you all the recommendations. All right, I got you. Yeah, I'll take them all out. (laughs) Listen, I'm 6'3", 24. I I eat as much as you bench. So uh, I got you on on the recommendations. And Giants fans, we're we're lucky to have you and looking forward to seeing you in a Giants uniform. And good luck, man. Thanks for coming on Blue Rush. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. We need to start doing on this show. Every time they score 20, it's like when a team scores 100 points, you get free Taco Bell the next (laughs) time. All righty, Lawrence, it's about that time again. You feel like closing out this episode of the Blue Rush podcast? I do, Andrew, and thank you very much. I was out watching the Yankees today, the Bronx Bombers. I believe that man, Aaron Judge, he's a mountain of a man, had two balls that haven't even landed. That says cheerio to episode 104 of the Blue Rush podcast, a New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Andrew Hart for producing the show. So now, LT, whenever you go to the ballpark or any other stadium like that, do you ever get recognized? People bother you be like, oh my God, that's that's the guy that kicked the Giants to the Super Bowl. Well, it just depends. I was incognito today, sunglasses and a brimmed hat to cover up anybody spotting me. Speaking of spotting me, we're going to talk about Spotify. Get Blue Rush a wee five-star rating and writes in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. You can also now give us a wee five-star rating on Spotify. You can catch up on all episodes there and listen back to our interviews. For Paulie Schwartz, Jake Brown, and Andrew Hartz, I'm the Scotsman, Lawrence Tynes. That's a wrap for the season, folks. We will be back talking Giants with you in August as we get you ready for the 2022 football season. Thanks for your support of Blue Rush. Stay safe, folks. Chat with you again later this summer. All the best. You're going to bed sleeping sleeping great because you say, man, we just we I just painted a masterpiece.